0: It is Thursday, December 7th. This is Jaguar's Happy Hour. Jaguar's Happy Hour is presented by the St. John's River Water Management District. And now, a guy who wanted to do tonight's show for Mr. Chubby's, but they needed more time to get more food, J.P. And welcome in. It is Jaguars happy hour on this Thursday. It is week 14. The Jaguars and the Browns coming up this Sunday in Cleveland and plenty to get to in the two hours ahead. That game preview coming up. Quarterback watch continues. Trevor Lawrence on the practice field today for a short time. We'll get some ideas of what could happen or what couldn't happen for the quarterback position this week. The Jags defense certainly either way has to respond to what they did last week on Monday. And they've got to do it against the Browns team that has quarterback questions of their own. The Doug Peterson Show at 5 o'clock. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach in studio. And maybe he'll have some answers, but maybe he won't. We'll see how it goes at 5 o'clock on the network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. Johns River Water Management District Florida's water, it's worth saving on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Loggerman, Jaguars
1: analyst. Good afternoon. I'm not counting on Doug giving us all the answers <laughs> to so, say, no, uh? I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Coaches, uh, uh, Coaches are typically a little bit coy. Okay, when they've got an injury to the starting quarterback, and he's a franchise quarterback, so we'll 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 see what he says. Cool. But my hopes aren't real high well, of getting the you know direct answers.
0: You know what though? Uh, yesterday, Trevor Lawrence walked into a press conference without a boot on his which foot, which
1: is amazing,
0: and talked to the media as starting quarterbacks that week normally do. Correct. Yep. And then didn't practice yesterday. Today, apparently, was out there during media time. And I, well, I, you not were there, apparently,
1: right? I saw it. He was out there practice with the gear of the day. And uh, he was uh, making some throws. Now, he wasn't. You know, out there doing uh, full-blown sprints or any kind of agility stuff—the at nope. the part that we see in practice—so nope. bootlegs and throwing down the field, or anything. But I mean, he looked to be functional, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Because you know, here's the deal: um, walking my neighborhood and and come across uh, one of my neighbors, and she's a big Jaguars fan, and uh-huh. and she's like, so "How's Trevor?"
0: The first question trying, everybody's of, of asking, of
1: course, you know, and uh, and I said I don't know. I said I haven't uh, haven't seen it yet. And she goes, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes played on a high ankle sprain <laughs> last year. <laughs> Everybody like, knows the the uh, habits of quarterbacks with high ankle sprains. The bar cool. has been set yes. by Mahomes, La <laughs> so is. any quarterback that doesn't play with a high ankle, they are just wimps. Yeah. I don't get it. That was that was different. It was the. Champions it's a playoff game. game yeah it's a championship game it's play. a championship game that's different you wrap it up you shoot it up you tape it up because you know look you got the whole offseason to heal but here at this stage of the game you've got to be mindful of a couple things mindful of the future health of your quarterback mindful of making the right decision for your football team also you know so uh, you gotta, you got to make sure that you're making the right decision for the player, number one, to the organization. I mean, there are still games left in this
0: regular season, and they're still up in the air about the division. I mean, this is not like a runaway right now. The Jags do still have the upper hand in the AFC South. They have the tiebreakers over the teams that are directly behind them by a game, so really make it two games over the Colts. Uh, the Texans and the Jags, of course, split that series. So,
1: I mean, yeah, the Jags need to win some of these games ahead as well, not just this week. right. It was was kind of a nice weekend, wasn't it? Because we got to enjoy football in its entirety. Uh, What better week of the season to have a Monday night football game? First of all, it's always amazing to have a Monday night football game. But on top of that, you had the college championship weekend that coincided with that. And then also you had... Two conference games that we were able to see. The uh, uh, I watched the entirety of the Houston Texans game. Great game. Watched uh, the ending of the Indianapolis game. Really good game. And then caught the San Francisco-Philadelphia game. It was great. The Packers and the Chiefs. Packers and the Chiefs that night. I mean, it was fantastic. I
0: will tell you, though, it was the first time I've ever been involved on Monday Night Football. Because we've never had one since I worked here. Yeah, I didn't and think, it think about that. the yeah. longest week ever. In yeah, it opinion. makes it a little bit longer. The extra week before the practice week starts. And then right. you're watching all these games and all these yeah. games. And it's like, oh, then Monday rolls around. Oh, we're not on the air until 5 with the pregame show. Yeah. Kickoff at 8.15. My what, gosh. What, what time did you get home? Uh, late. <laughs> yeah, pretty late. That's part of it, though. But that, that's right. just yeah, yeah, you don't like mind. a really long week. And obviously, the way it went down on Monday, I mean, that is just a deflating... Uh, departure of the stadium for everybody. I, I know when, when things happened in the fourth quarter there, the, the stadium was in shock with Trevor uh, doing what he was doing after the, the leg injury. But let's see. Let's see how the week goes. He's out there a little bit today. Okay. Can he build upon that? Uh, hey, yeah, I wouldn't put it past the guy. He's got some toughness Yeah, I,
1: I don't know. I think it's going to be one of these things to where you're going to be following it tomorrow when the injury report comes out and they actually list him as questionable or doubtful or out, whatever it may be. And then uh, if it's questionable, then it'll go all the way until shortly before kickoff that we're sitting there waiting with great anticipation to find out whether or not he's going to be the starter or play or what. We don't know. Binoculars out in the pregame watching him go oh, through warm-ups oh, and Oh, and the television cameras oh, that yeah. will be following the team from uh, arriving at the hotel to arriving at the stadium to – uh, if he walks out of the tunnel to do a pregame workout routine, I mean, analyzing it, the gait of his walk, everything, yeah. oh yeah, that's what it's going to be, of course, and that and that's expected. I mean, it, look, it's a it's a franchise quarterback, and and here's the other thing: you're going up against a team you don't know who their quarterback's going to be either. For both sides, you know, but it I means a little bit different because they're dealing with a decision of okay, which backup do we play? The guy that we just brought off of the couch, who's been around the National Football League forever. Or do we play a rookie who's got some mobility and some starts under his belt for us who was a draft pick? I, you know, and Dorian Thompson Robinson or Joe Flacco. Right. It's going to be a very interesting lead-up to the game. Jags fans want customized
0: Jags furniture for your home. Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair, furniture for fans. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, 1010XL and 92.5 FM. J.P. Shadrick and Jeff Lagerman. How much does a nasty field and weather conditions play into your decision, Coach Lagerman?
1: Um, I, I think it would, would play into my decision in a big way, especially if it were the old Cleveland Brown Stadium. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, sure. which uh, was, uh, if I remember correctly, that that field plane surface was actually below lake level <laughs> and was a quagmire of a boggy field, if, you, if you've ever seen one. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the new stadium is, is nice and everything else, but it's still Cleveland. You know, I, I just remember about Cleveland is that when the Jaguars were there, it was Bottlegate. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, where bottles were flying. and yeah. You know, as a player, don't take your helmet off. Batteries being thrown from the stands. Don't take your helmet off at Cleveland. Good advice. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take my helmet off at of Cleveland. I'd probably put one on. Just uh, for the heck of it. Yeah, if you could find one that uh, that would, you no. know, so you don't fit don't you think, good. You don't think you don't think I could fit into one? <laughs> if Thanks. you had to wear a helmet, yeah, okay. I what don't. face mask would
0: you choose? <laughs> the single bar kicker one? I don't think so. No, 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 no. I'm a tough guy. <laughs> I don't I need that. Uh, so, all right. So that's obviously the big storyline this week. If Trevor Lawrence does not go CJ Bethard would be the next man up 2 and 10 as a starter yes. in his career all with San Francisco came in last week logs and was 9 of 10 passing let him down the field for the field goal to tie it at the end
1: 9 of 10 but the concerning thing and the, okay let's keep an eye on this thing is remember that scramble when he kind of landed on First his own play on? and all of a sudden he gets up and he's He's uh, flexing his left hand, wrist, and now he's listed with a shoulder. Uh, So that's going to be interesting to watch. Mm. Um, Non-throwing shoulder, though. Yeah, but still, I mean, if you would talk to the elite throwers or pitchers, because it's kind of that thing, you know, it's the motion – if you're off in one part of your body, it makes you off a little bit with your motion. You overcompensate and can hurt other well, it's things. It's just different. You know, I mean, you're you're not feeling the same. So, I mean, that's something to keep an eye on. Mm. You know, if he ends up being the guy, we don't know any of this yet. But uh, But I thought he did a good job. But I wish that CJ would not try to be a mobile quarterback and just get rid of the ball. I'm sure he would like to not be a mobile quarterback either, <laughs> by the way. Well, especially <laughs> now. I mean, if... Okay, let's say that – and this is hypothetical. Let's say Trevor doesn't play. Okay, and then he's your guy. Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. Okay, let's go. You know, nine of ten, you know, make some good throws, be efficient with the ball, and don't get hurt. Okay, because the next guy is going to be a practice squad elevation guy, Nathan Rourke, off of the practice squad, who's got a few starts under his belt in the Canadian Football League, but he doesn't have any experience in the NFL so let's not expose ourselves as because it i think sometimes backup quarterbacks have a tendency to when they get in there they want to let it let it all hang out to kind of play on the edge a little let bit let it rip right yeah but if you're if you're the guy let's say he goes in there and he's the starter and let's say Trevor's inactive hypothetical you can't have the mindset that I'm a backup and I'm just going to go in there and let it hang out you have to have the mindset that hey I am the franchise quarterback for this ball game, and I need to make sure that I protect myself so I can play the whole game. you got to be smart. And I hope that uh, if he ends up having to be the guy, that he ends up being smart. Now, if it's Trevor, your offensive line, had better learn how to block pretty quick.
0: <laughs> yes. And I mean, when I
1: say not learn how to block, they had better block very well, much like they did against the New Orleans game where he was going into that game with a question about his knee. And, uh, but now... We talk about just one position. That wasn't the only injury in that game, JP. Oh my gosh, the list was the longest I've seen in years. First play of the game, offensively, Christian Kirk ends up tearing something in his groin or something. Got to have surgery. To He's fix done
0: it. for a while at least. And
1: and clearly the most dependable wide receiver, along with Evan Ingram, in this offense. And so losing him is is big. Now Parker Washington did a, a good job. In his absence. All six
0: targets, sure. The
1: the one catch that he made in the end zone, which almost could have been, should have been intercepted. The guy dropped it. Was uh, an excellent job of concentration by Parker Washington. But then there's also a little bit of debate about with the inexperience and the youth of Parker Washington. What happened on the play that Trevor got hurt? Mm. Trevor was looked like he was trying to throw it to Parker Washington. And Parker Washington wasn't ready. <laughs> Okay, inexperience. Yeah. Okay, you, you want to have – as a quarterback, you want to have the experienced player around you. So, you, you're looking at no Christian Kirk. The left tackle, Walker Little, had a hamstring in that ball game. He
0: did, and it was apparently a little earlier, right? Not on the play. That was – his last play was when Trevor got hurt. He didn't come back in the game either. But I'm not sure exactly how far in front of that play that was.
1: From watching the game on the film, there were times earlier, well before that play, that it, it appeared that Walker was favoring – that left leg and if you look at the play that Trevor got hurt on there was something very similar to that a couple plays before where he couldn't stop the bull rush because his hamstring just wasn't giving him any strength it looked like and then on like two plays before when Trevor got hurt when Walker little was trying to go to the, the next level second level he was clearly limping. So, you're looking at Christian Kirk, Walker Little, and then on defense, Trey Herndon on the second defensive play of the ball game, sticks his head in there. He's in the concussion protocol. And when he got up, I made the comment on the broadcast that he could barely stand up. He was wobbling. Mm. And Fadakasi wasn't able to finish the ball game with a a foot, Foot I think. Ankle, foot, something like that. Yeah, so your uh, Cisco was in and out of the lineup a little bit it in was, this ball game. Because he kind of reached his arm out at one point. Yeah, took a pretty tackled. good shot on it. Had to come out for a little bit. I mean, that is a long, long
0: list in one game.
1: Well, and you know the old saying, next man up. Well, this is plural. Next men up. Yeah. You know. It's
0: the NFL, and guess what? The other team
1: doesn't they care. They don't care. It doesn't matter. No, they, they don't care. I mean, it's look, somebody else has to play. They're going to tee it up at 1 o'clock on Sunday, no matter who's out there. Well, and here's, here, here's another thing for you, okay? With the defensive injuries, you got Fadakasi. He's a big guy up front. And Trey Herndon, who is a nickel, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize this. The nickel plays an integral part in not only pass coverage, but also the run defense. Because nowadays, the NFL is 11 personnel. And not to get too fancy, 11 personnel just simply means one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and the nickel has to be essentially you take out a Sam linebacker to put in the, the nickel. Well, the nickel is on the, the slot receiver, so he has to come in for run support quite frequently. So he has to be a good tackler. Well, the loss of Trey Herndon is significant because this week, with you know, if he can't play, which I'd be surprised if he would play, but who knows, Cleveland likes to run the football with the questions they have at quarterback. So, you're going to have to expect the nickel to be able to play a significant role in run support.
0: And you got, as you mentioned, Fadakasi banged up, and then Devon Hamilton pushed around a little bit last well, week. Yeah, D-
1: Devon's, uh, look, he had a, a, a an injury that we really don't know a whole lot about. Yeah. And he's come back, he was active a few weeks ago, and then didn't play well, and then was Back on the uh, uh, inactive list, and then they bring him back, and he's active this past game. And I don't want to say it was like it, like what it was before, but it's still not the Devon Hamilton that I know and have watched for many games in his career. Right. He's not back yet. Sometimes players have to work their way back, and maybe he's in that position. But the problem is, you're in, you're in the, in the, in the hunt here. Okay? Yeah, I'd say. Uh, it's not like, you know, preseason we're like, yeah, you know, we're just going to keep getting them reps, you know, and he's going to keep getting better. Hey, you got to play now. got to perform now. Plenty ahead. We'll hear
0: from the quarterback coming up in a little bit. Which quarterback, you ask? Trevor Lawrence, of course. C.J. Beathard was in the locker room this week. He also spoke. That's available on jaguars.com. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on Tintin XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. It is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving.
2: Biggest thing is, is as you mentioned, player health. That's the biggest thing. Um, you know, our job as, as a medical staff, head coach, we're not going to put players on the field that can, that aren't 100 percent, that aren't healthy, that that uh, could maybe even further risk more damage, you know, to the area that's that's injured. Um, and it's our jobs to, to protect those players and make sure, you know, it's it's not at the cost of, of winning a football game, obviously. And uh, yes, we are in this this last sort of month of the of the year where we're making making our run. Um, but we also know, too, that if, for instance, if, if Trevor can't play in this game, there's there's going to come a time at some point where he is. And, you know, we've, gotta, we've all got to come together to, to kind of weather this storm a little bit um, so that when, you know, uh, if there's a time when he does return, so to speak, that, that you know, we make, we make that push with him and, and, and we've kind of gone through this period of uh you know, playing playing some backups.
0: That is, of course, the head coach Doug Peterson yesterday. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday on Ten Jon ninety two point five FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, JP Shadrick with Jeff Logaman. And we'll hear from head coach Doug Peterson. Coming up at 5 o'clock on the Doug Peterson Show. Mm -hmm. He has not spoken with the media today. He normally does not on Thursdays, except with us, you and I, Logs. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he'll speak again Friday. Um, Then they'll do designations at the end of the day. And maybe this drags into the weekend with a quarterback. We'll hear from Trevor Lawrence coming up in just a little bit as well and uh, some thoughts on he and Bethard moving ahead against the Cleveland Browns, who are 7-5, and five, by the way. They are in a wild-card spot at the moment in the AFC, and they have the number one defense
1: in the National Football League yeah, statistically. Pretty good. pretty good, and they're really good at home. Uh, they have their home record's 5-1. and one. Uh, They have not played great defense the last couple weeks. The last couple weeks, I think they've surrendered uh, 65 points, which is not Cleveland Browns' defense. So uh, I'm sure that they're going to be very motivated in this ball game. By the way, I want to go back to Doug Peterson talking about, you know, the players <laughs> who gloss over yeah, something. Wait, what, wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening to him talk and, and he's dead on And that, you know, you got to you got to weigh everything before you put a player back out there. But he used the term, you know, you can't put him back out or you don't put them back out there until they're 100%. That that, that that's that's a relative 100%. I think he meant the the
0: injury itself. But not the everybody's not hundred percent. He later said that in the press conference. Right. He understood that, hey,
1: you know, this time
0: of year, I, nobody's hundred percent.
1: I think a better way to maybe for people to understand yeah. it is that you wanna put a you don't want to put a player out there unless it's it's a hundred percent you're hundred percent sure, or they're hundred percent sure that there's no risk of making the injury worse, you know, through normal play activity. Uh, because the reality is nobody's 100% in the National Football League at this point of the year. I mean, you're, look, you're you are 12 games in, okay? And it just doesn't happen. Everybody is nicked. And in reality, if you wanted to put every single guy on the injury report for something, you could. You could. There's not one player in that locker room does not get an ice bag or get treatment of some kind on some party, part of his body. More on the
0: quarterback in just a little while. And yet you're, you know – Yes, you, you got to make sure that if you just are scrambling and slide down or whatever, it doesn't make it worse. Cause that's just part of playing normal football. And we didn't get to see a lot of practice today, just the media time, but he was out there. Yeah, um, he was Brown's defense. Number one in pass defense, number one in total defense, good on third down and really good on the edges of the defensive line. What about these edge rushers? They have,
1: Oh, well, I mean, the best one is miles Garrett and Miles Garrett, and I'm not trying to take anything away from T.J. Watt. I think Miles Garrett is the best edge player in the National Football League. He's got everything. Now, this past game, I don't think he played very well, which I think is going to be a source of motivation for him. Against the, the Rams, he was essentially held without a statistic of any kind that I saw, at least what was listed on uh, the game book. Uh, which the NFL puts out at their website, which is their statistical website. And then I watched the film, and watching Miles Garrett, he had moments where he looks like Miles Garrett, but he did not look like he was 100%.
0: What is good Miles Garrett? What does that look like?
1: The best pass rusher in the National Football League. In what capacity? What does he do so well? He can do everything and anything. That's what makes him special. I remember watching his college film. And uh, at Texas A&M, and, you know, because typically, J.P., you know, I watch, you know, 100, 120 prospects every year to try to get an idea of the top part of the draft. Correct, you do. And it, 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 especially when the Jags are picking in the top five, which has happened a lot. Uh, yes, yeah. unfortunately. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> watching him at A&M and then still watching him in the National Football League, he's got a very rare combination of size, length, Speed, quickness, agility, athleticism, power. He is the total package. Mm. And if you look at it from a number standpoint, he has uh, 87 and a half career sacks. That's a lot. Let me repeat that 87 and a half career sacks. And he's gotten those in 96 career games. If you look in NFL history, because that's a, a, at a rate he's getting a 0.91 sacks per game. Okay, the only one in NFL history that is higher than that is T.J. Watt, which he is at .92 sacks per game. I mean, that's unbelievable. Mm. Last year he had, I think, 16 sacks. The year before that, 16 sacks. The guy is a nightmare. And this is going to be an extreme challenge for whoever is playing tackle on both sides for the Jaguars, not to mention – a backup tackle will be on the left side. And I don't know who that's going to be. Blake Hans, Maybe? Right? Yeah. Do they he, move? He, he jumped in last uh, game. Do they consider moving Anton Harrison over to left? Oh, I don't know about that. I this mean, look, I mean, you're looking at different looking, options. It's a lot to look at. You know, you're looking at different options. So, this guy is is fantastic. You know, and kind of the game within the game, Jim Schwartz, who is the Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator, was with Doug as his defensive coordinator in Philly for uh, quite a few years, 16, 2016, I think, through 2020. And so now you've got this chess match of two coaches, you know. and although Doug's not the offensive coordinator, it's, it's Press Taylor, but it's still Doug's offense. You've got that, that battle of guys that know each other. So this is going to be interesting, and this Cleveland Browns defense now from watching them on film, they play hard. I'm talking they play hard, and they are aggressive. When I say aggressive, they play that, that wide defensive end look, okay, where the defensive ends are out wide, and they're coming with their ears pinned back. They're not coming off the ball reading. They're coming off the ball to inflict some pain on a quarterback. Mm. And you better be ready to be able to block those guys. They're aggressive in coverage. They're not afraid to play man. They've got a very talented backfield that could end up getting even healthier because their best corner, Deszel Ward, did not play last week. You know, But overall, they've, they've invested in that secondary with draft picks and some equity. They've been not afraid to do that. It's a very good secondary.
0: When they run that wide nine stuff, like is that in situations or is that all the time? Can
1: you run easier against that, or is that just a pass rushing setup? One of the reasons why the wide nine kind of fell off in popularity for a number of years was the the, the ability to stop the run with the wide nine. They're so
0: wide, obviously. Well, yeah. you know, now because you you're run up to the bringing middle.
1: those guys out on the outside hard, yeah. then it's just you know all of a sudden you're not setting the edge, so to speak. And uh, it's uh, like, for example, you go to 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Well, Todd Walsh is the defensive coordinator. Calais Campbell, defensive end. Where did he play? He played a 4 i okay, which was the inside shade of a tackle instead of a wide nine. It makes you just a little bit more accountable or a little bit better ability to stop the run by having that defensive end inserted a little bit more into the interior. It takes a little bit of a little bit of the pressure off of your safeties. Um, so I mean I it's going to be an interesting watch, you know, because they are aggressive, but when I say they're aggressive, most people think okay, they're going to blitz a lot. They will blitz some, but they've got the ability to pass rush with just four because they have one of the best players in the National Football League on the edge. You have elite
0: players; you can get away with that. Uh, certainly,
1: plenty ahead. We're back in a moment. Kai Stevens uh,
0: joining us in studio, Jaguars reporter. We'll get her on a little trivia coming up. See if she's oh, yeah. got some uh, the answer to. Um, uh,
1: we should do this every week. Like
0: a have a little quest. trivia
1: every week. I like this. All right. Well, we're going to have one this week at least. And this is this one's one. a tough one. You think so? I I think it is. I think it is, you know the answer, so you can't uh, well, I mean, I'm trying to tease it up like I don't. I mean, but
0: uh, well, you ruined I mean, the surprise. Well,
1: look, I mean, we're, we'll, we'll quiz her because I can tell people this. I quizzed you earlier. Yeah. You did not get the answer. Correct. So you failed. <laughs> Yet again. This is Jaguars
0: Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water. It's worth saving.
3: Yeah, I mean the team's always the priority, you know, um, we had obviously the same conversations before the New Orleans game earlier in the season and um, I'll never put myself or the team in a position to where um, we're at a higher risk or we're not going to play our best because I'm not able to do my job. So. You know, that's, those are all questions you have to answer throughout the course of the week, and um, just for me, it's just doing everything I can every second of the day to to get back as soon as possible, you know, whenever that is. So, um, that's yeah, that's the whole thought process behind everything.
0: That's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence yesterday, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving the Jaguars and the Browns coming up quarterbacks both are on the injury report this week. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Kai Stevens joining us in studio now. Good afternoon. You got your coffee this afternoon going? It's one of those weeks, it's I a, think, It's right? a
4: coffee week. It's a coffee day <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah how was uh, locker room today? I mean, yesterday, today, you know, coming off that Monday night loss. I mean, it is, you know, that that was a deflating way to leave a stadium. And now to have the injury list building up and you gotta get some of these wins ahead too
4: i think that obviously this time of year there's a lot of players teams that are banged up but all coming in one game is is crazy because there's maybe three or four people on the injury injury report last week and now we're at like 12 13 so um obviously trevor i'm sure you've talked about already but there's a lot of elsewhere injuries that are concerning right when you look at walker little who hasn't practiced yet this week if Trevor can go, but then you don't have your starting left tackle cams not there, and you don't have Walker Little at left tackle either, it's like, is this the best idea? So, um, And then on the defensive side of the ball, there's tons of people out. So it's going to be – they're going to have to really step up, next man up, as they like to say, because um, they're going to need it in Cleveland.
1: I, I, watching the Trevor interview that we just heard mm-hmm. and watched. It's available on Jaguars.com, by the way. How about the maturity? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Of a 24-year-old quarterback. Fantastic that is sitting there talking about the decision-making process of to play or not to play and how, how he essentially eloquently talks about everything that goes into that decision-making. I mean, just it, it's amazing. You know, that's one of the things I think that I've always liked about Trevor from the very beginning was his level of maturity. And, mm-hmm. and J.P. and I were talking earlier that the Cleveland Browns have a rookie quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson,
0: they're, they're essentially the same age yeah, he's uh, DTR is a month younger than Trevor they well, were both born in 99
4: every time the draft comes up it's always funny because there's players that are older than him or the same age as him and it's like you feel like Trevor's been here forever already and they're just getting drafted so it's it's just funny and then sometimes like when they're like oh did you give anybody advice like you know CJ Stroud or whoever but it's like some of these people are older than him so it's just <laughs> funny
0: Guy Stevens with us in studio. Jaguars happy hour. By the way, Monday's happy hour show with the Tony Buscelli, oh yes. and Pete Prisco will be at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Panavida. We'll I be live wait. on location. Can't wait. So come join us at Mr. Chubby's Wings Can, Monday, uh, four to six. Are
1: you, you going to get some free wings if I, I, think, I come?
4: I think all the food will be uh, available. Correct. I'm
1: guessing
0: there will probably be some kind of spread there. Are yes. right. so you coming? I, yeah, I might have to swing on down. Oh wow, might have to swing An on. Appearance. Down. Bonus and appearance yeah. from Jeff Logaman.
1: Yeah, I might have to come down and, you know, mooch a little food off of you guys. There's, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. And heckle you guys from the peanut gallery. How about that?
0: Hey, let's get to uh, the uh, the trivia idea. Oh. I missed it earlier, Logs, but uh, uh, we didn't do it on the show. Uh, what do you got?
1: Okay, so uh, Kai, PFF, yeah. okay. pro okay. football focus, everybody's favorite.
4: Oh, yes. Is
1: uh, and, and I believe there's a lot of
4: – There's fact uh, behind it. I but think
1: there is yeah. a lot of value to some of this stuff. Okay, and so – They give out weekly grades on players, and then they also have season grades on players, and it's by position. So they might have defense, and then you can break it down by position. Offense, same thing. You can have running, receiving, passing, blocking, and defense is just one big category, and you can break it down by position. Okay? Out of all of the Jaguars, okay, Mm -hmm. all of the Jaguars, who – Has the highest PFF rating no matter position, side of the ball, whatever.
4: Is this best at your position, essentially? Or best? There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So they
1: give you a number grade. Okay. Okay. So for example, like let's say JP is a defensive back and he's a really good one. He probably, he would probably be in the 90s. Okay. Your elite players are in the 90s. Okay. Okay. So out of all. All of the players on the 53-man roster, Mm -hmm. who has the highest number grade at PFF?
4: Is it a starter, essentially? Um, Or is it like a – like, I mean – Technically, no. Okay. Okay. Is there a limit to how much they've played? Like, do they have to play a certain amount of games? No, well – He's played every game.
1: I actually put in there and for the values because you can actually have different values into uh, your information. I put in there 20% snap minimum. Okay. Because what that does, that eliminates a lot of guys that might have only played for five snaps. And then a a guy, for example, might have gotten one sack and two tackles and he's going to have the highest grade just because he's only had five snaps but he made three great plays. So I put a 20% snap minimum, which eliminates a lot of those guys that might have had only one or two plays, and they had a great play on one play. Mm -hmm. All right.
4: I think since we're asking this, I'm assuming it's not someone that we would have guessed. So I'm going to try to guess the opposite of that.
1: I like your thought process. So you're –
4: yeah. Fully, Vatikasi.
1: No, good guess.
0: You get two more guesses.
4: Okay. Um. Darius Williams,
0: also a good guess. Good guess. He's
1: he's highly rated, he's but he's up. not um, among. He's not the highest rated Jaguar player. Give you one more. Trayvon? No, 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 no. Trayvon's not. Doesn't have a great rating on PFF. All right. So those are the three guesses. What is the actual answer? Logs. It is Ross Matisic.
4: Oh yeah. Tricky.
1: Tricky, tricky. It's the truth. He's the highest-rated special teams player in the National Football League.
4: I bet he knows that already. (laughs) I'm guessing he probably does. He has
1: a (laughs) 92.2 PFF rating, number one. Okay, so he is amongst other great athletes that are in that 92.2 and up category. I'm going to give you some names. Mm. They're in the same stratosphere. <laughs> Dak Prescott is a 92.2. Okay. Tyreek Hill is a 93.9. Joey Bosa, or excuse me, Nick Bosa, 93.1. Micah Parsons, 92.7. Miles Garrett, a 92.4. So, Ross Matasik is amongst the elite. Okay. In the PFL okay. categories. Okay.
4: I will say, okay. you don't talk about the long snapper much unless something bad happens, but we talk about him a lot, so that should tell you that he is among the best at his position. He musician. is a good football he player. And forced to fumble and recover. he wants to it. play football. He wants to be a football player. He's not a specialist that's like, I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to do any of that. He is dying to tackle and be out there. Linebacker, I believe, in high school. Been, I and and think college
0: it's a He plays some as a backup at Baylor as well, even when he was long snapping. He was still a reserve linebacker.
1: I mean, he literally, there's only, uh, in the National Football League, I wrote down everybody in the National (laughs) Football League on PFF that had a 92.2 rating or higher. And so Ross is amongst the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. He is in the top eight in the National Football League, okay? The next highest-rated player on the Jaguars football team is Josh Allen at PFF's rating of 85.7.
0: There you go.
4: What do they say? Do your your own job. job.
1: Do your job.
0: Do your job well.
4: And that's exactly what Ross does. It's pretty cool. That's
0: exactly what he does. Uh, If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, it might be Ross Madison. No, look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All access tonight. Who you got?
4: Uh, Roy Robertson Harris is with oh, us. yeah, um, nice. Yeah, should be a fun one. He's always good with us. So,
0: who did you have off the field this week? Your interview.
4: I had Josh Allen, the one and only, um, coming up on that uh, franchise record for s- single sacks in a single season.
1: Yes, so but, uh, that's going to be a good one. Now, first of all, Josh had he had a really good game. I don't want to say great game, but he had a really good game this past Monday. Having the sack and a half and the uh, the interception. By I the mean, way, has
0: anybody thrown a football more perfectly to him? Uh, I mean, ever?
1: you couldn't ask for anything gift wrapped better than that throw from a wide receiver Boyd, who clearly doesn't hasn't played quarterback ever They're, in his past.
0: The quarterback's
1: having the game of his life, and they take it out of his hands That's, to let a wide receiver throw. That was my next throwing. comment. What are we doing? I mean. Press Taylor, what the hell is your brother doing? (laughs) Call him something like that. And he did it before, and it didn't work. He tried to do a little fancy throwback thing, and it didn't work. I'll tell you what, though, Kai, I could talk to Josh Allen all day long.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's one of the easiest people to talk to in the locker room. And he was very, you know – very honest after the game he's like we didn't play good enough at all where we weren't tough enough at all like you know essentially getting to the point of they they weren't tackling well they weren't you know he's honest he's not gonna go and sugarcoat it and I think I talked to him a little bit about it because obviously he was drafted here and kind of how he's grown and become more of a veteran presence in the locker room and he's like yeah, I just had to learn how to kind of talk to people the where they're at. Because some people, you can be like, hey, that's not good enough. You did this bad. You need to do that. Other people don't work that way. So you need to figure out how to communicate with every individual person so you can get the best out of them, which is very insightful. And I think a lot of people don't always pick that up early on in life. And that's something you figure out later. But um, pretty cool. And obviously, Josh is having an inhuman season. Well, we that
1: Josh was raised by one of the one of the greats in the national football league and that's calais mm-hmm. and so uh, a lot of uh, his uh, age slash wisdom has come from calais and th- when you talk about building a football team i'll never forget this because uh, i've watched many rebuilding years in jaguars history mm-hmm. and when you rebuild or you're building you have to build with veteran leadership as well it can't be just coaching leadership and we learned that back in 2013 where this team essentially got devoid of any veteran leadership because kind of the attitude at that time with Dave Caldwell and Gus Bradley they felt that by the time we get better some of these veteran players wouldn't be around to be able to help us so they wanted to invest into the youth and learned a hard lesson you you have to have veteran leadership and mentorship on your roster to help raise some of these young guys because the reality is if we're all on the same team and there's a coach standing over there and he's talking, I'm going to listen to you two probably before I would listen to coach Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. And you got to have it. And that's why I think when when Doug was hired and when Trent Baalke and him got together, they wisely went into free agency and they did their research and brought in – Guys that were high character guys that were performing guys to help build this thing, and it's paying dividends right now. You got to have it, and Josh is one of those players that is very important to having that in this organization. Tonight,
0: Jaguars All Access Television Strings Sports Brewery in Springfield.
1: I was there for some of the college games. By They've the way. got some of the best white Alabama. I sauce knew he was going to do it. <laughs> That that
4: he was floored with this last Oh, They
1: really—you haven't had them before. I've never had oh, the white Alabama barbecue sauce wings there, mm-hmm. but I can tell you, it's a must-have. It's very good. Have you eaten
4: there? Um, not the wings. I think okay. I've had
1: oh, the best. Here's the thing: I had the
0: brisket fries. Yeah, I was say, fries. I
4: think they had marinate some sort of loaded fries. It's fry healthy, situation. healthy. Yeah, I got, I got
1: the t- I got I got the inside scoop on the wings. They they marinate them in sweet tea. Oh.
4: That makes sense. Yeah, I like that.
1: And then they they smoke them, <laughs> and then they flash fry them. I mean, it's it's a process now. Okay. This is it's this an is art. artwork.
0: Yeah, um, you can look forward to that tonight. Uh, yeah. Go join them at Strings Sports Brewery. Seven o'clock show, Fox Thirty. If you can't make it, Roy Robertson Harris, the guest, Kai Stevens, always great. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you, Jaguars reporter Kai Stevens in studio with us. Plenty ahead. The injury report. Get your pencils and scorecards ready. It's a long one today. When we come back, it's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. Johns River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving.
3: Yeah, I mean, the team's always the priority, you know. um, We had, obviously, the same conversations before the New Orleans game earlier in the season, and um, I'll never – put myself or the team in a position to where um, we're at a higher risk or we're not going to play our best because I'm not able to do my job. So, you know, that's, those are all questions you have to answer throughout the course of the week. And um, just for me, it's just doing everything I can every second of the day to, to get back as soon as possible, you know, whenever that is. So um, that's, yeah, that's the whole thought process behind everything.
0: Here's Trevor Lawrence discussing the process of possibly getting back on the field again. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water,
1: it's worth saving. That was totally worth listening to again because, again, the maturity of Trevor is, uh, I think, far beyond most 24-year-olds, which is is impressive. (laughs) I I think that's one of the most impressive traits that Trevor does have
0: can't imagine talking like that when I was 24. I
1: wasn't even close to being able to talk <laughs> like that. I mean, Jeez. it's. Uh, and I went to
0: the Harvard of the South. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. Come on, Logs. You would think I would okay. be able to talk like that okay. when I was 24. Okay. E- explain like, to people what you think is the Harvard of the worry. South. Don't worry. If you don't know, you don't know. That's fine. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm waiting.
0: That's okay. It's time for the uh, injury report. Presented by Baptist Health, the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is a long one, of course. Let's start from the top. The PR staff just put it out a moment ago. CJ Beathard on the list. Logs, we talked about this earlier, with a left shoulder injury limited Wednesday and Thursday, and it was on the first play that he came into the game. When he fell down on that left shoulder, he was on the practice field today, and um hey we'll see with that one
1: yeah and I think we got some some video of him on the practice field because the one thing that that we noticed was he's got some type of device on his left upper arm which having ward devices similar to that it looks like some type of a shoulder harness slash shoulder device to help with that shoulder injury that he is listed for on the injury report. There you go. Uh, Christian
0: Braswell's window open today. The cornerback with a hamstring issue limited today. Uh, we'll see if that's a quick turn or not. Tyson Campbell with a quadriceps issue now limited both days. That came up in the game after he has come back from a hamstring issue. Yeah, and
1: that's something that's, uh, you know, just worth watching because a lot of times when a, a superior athlete, because Tyson Campbell is one of the – a superior athlete for sure when you have an injury to one muscle sometimes you are compensating elsewhere or not doing your normal motion so to speak and you can get injuries elsewhere and so I hope that that's not the case because he had the hamstring now it's the quad and you hope that everything just calms down with him because there's nothing worse for an athlete that's got to run like a corner wide receiver to have a soft tissue tissue injury
0: other players on the list this week. Andre Cisco with a shoulder injury limited Wednesday and Thursday. He did return to the game after coming out for a short time. Travis Etienne Jr., ribs injury limited both days. And, you know, it just hasn't looked the same the last couple weeks.
1: No, you can – when you watch him, he's still got the speed and when he gets into the open field. But you're not quite seeing I'm going to lower my pads – and just grind it out for the last couple yards. You're seeing a little bit of hesit- hesitancy to finish with power, which is an indicator to me that, you know, there's something going on that uh, he's not comfortable doing that. Hopefully that will get better, but you know, the other thing is at that position, Ernest Johnson's on the injury report as well. Knee injury, limited both days
0: of practice so far. That's not ideal.
1: No, so you've got, you know, both of your running backs and Tank Bigsby is your third. You have Snoop Connor on the practice squad who uh, is a guy that could always be brought up for, for a standard practice squad elevation if need be. But the question that I have is the injuries that you have with ETN and Dearness Johnson, does that open up a, a role for Tank Bigsby? more so than what he's had. So just something to keep an eye right. on.
0: Right, something to watch there And for do sure. the coaches trust him? That's a bigger question, I think. Foley Fodacosti, defensive lineman with a heel injury, limited both days this week. Trey Herndon, concussion protocol, and has not practiced this week. That's not trending the right way. Zay Jones with a knee issue, limited both days, but he's played the last couple of weeks. Christian Kirk, groin issue, did not practice. Uh, of course, it sounds like he's going to go under the knife at some point. Uh, Walker Little with a hamstring injury, did not practice yesterday or today. Brenton Strange with a foot injury, no practice this week so far. And Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback with a high ankle sprain, did not practice yesterday, officially limited today. I'm sure they'll see how he recovers from today. And then tomorrow's the last day of full practice before designations tomorrow afternoon.
1: Yeah, that that will be interesting to watch. The one that we haven't really talked about is Brenton Strange, and that's a guy that really adds a lot of value to this offense, especially in the run game. And uh, I I think that at some point he's got to be a little bit more involved in the passing game because I think he's got a really good skill set for that. But what they're asking him to do right now is to mainly handle that blocking role, and he's doing a really good job with it. And he sustained the injury last week in practice, I believe. And that was unfortunate. And hopefully, uh, you know, the foots are kind of interesting. The feet. Yeah, foots, any injury feet. to a foot. The feet. Is or the, plural or the of feet. And, well, you know, I mean, hopefully it's just one, okay, which would be the foot. <laughs> but a foot injury is always concerning because certain body parts, you can always rest them and, uh, and work your way through it by restricting certain stress on that particular body part. You can't do that with a foot because you use your feet with everything. Thank you. i got to correct that. You, you figured it out. Singular
0: of the plurals, i got to right. write. Well, there's a lot of different uh, feet, uses foot. there. Uh, Tuesday, December 12th, 5 to 6 p.m., head to the Publix at the Shops at Beachwalk in St. John's. That's on the 210 exit. If you're going south, you turn left, and it's on the right, I believe. I'm not too familiar with St. John's. But you can meet Jaguars players for a special appearance from 5 to 6 p.m. That's the Publix supermarket. 835 County Road, 210 West in St. John's. I think that is exactly where it is after reading the address now. Tuesday, December 12th, 5 to 6 p.m. and members of the Jaguars. You can meet them there before they head to Cleveland. Doug Peterson's show coming up in mere moments. We will ask about the quarterbacks, Logs. I have an idea. We may not learn a lot about the quarterbacks. We'll try. We'll try. That's all we can do. We're going to ask. All he has to do is either answer or not. Doug's usually pretty good. Well, he'll answer. Yeah, he'll, he'll
1: answer. But, I mean, right. you know, I don't know how much information is going to be in there because, look, here's the reality. You, you've you got uh, a competitive advantage to keep all of that information close to the best. We'll see in mere moments how much you'll give up
0: about the quarterback situation. That'll do it for Jaguars Happy Hour. The Doug Peterson Show is next.